Hey everybody, Monday, 24th of May, getting to the end of May, getting there, and you know, it's going to cool back off, uh, kind of interesting, uh, just kind of quietly looking at this weather and thinking, you know, that this is, um, it's interesting to see, okay, we're going to cool back down again, we're not going to get a bunch of heat, even though after we've had some heat, uh, there's there's been some rain up in the northern plains. They're using that to kick the markets pretty hard this morning. But then I've talked to a number of people that looks at least talking to people in North Dakota. There was as many that missed it that that got it. And a couple of guys said, "Yeah, we got a half inch," but they said they need they need more than that. They'll take it, but they're still excessively dry. And I don't think you want to be fi- flying from Greece to Lithuania on an airplane past Belarus if, you're, if you disagree with the guy that runs the former Soviet bloc country of Belarus. Uh, it's probably the most, I mean, you, t- you know, people will talk about Putin, but I, my guess, Belarus is the most still Soviet-styled country. And of course, you got a military dictator running it, but... Uh, interesting that, you know, the, that journalist was going to Lithuania. Lithuania announced that they're pulling out of that 17 plus 1 China initiative, which I, from best I could tell is part of the China Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, Lithuania is a little worried about uh, some things there. I don't know if that's our influence. I don't know if that's the fact that Lithuania wants to be part of Europe, not Asia, uh, not quite sure, but that's going on. But what I was going to talk about today was the everything shortage. Uh, we, you know, the, the the big multinational corporations, you know, just in time was the way to do it. Didn't want to keep any inventory. Nope, inventory cost you money. Didn't want to keep anything extra around. We can get it there just in time. We can make everything keep moving. Everything can go until we hit COVID. And then they made a few assumptions that were wrong. Um, the the just-in-time in COVID, the fact that you weren't able to get people to go to work that morning because, one, they were either sick, or two, they were afraid of being sick, or three, the government said you had to spread everybody out. It just-in-time became, uh, n- we're not going to get it done in time. And that became a problem, became a problem quickly. And the fact that, you know, here's one of the things. If you're a company that designed everything from the ground up for just in time, where do you store inventory? You know, if you only have so many warehouses, and and I can tell you that there was a lot of product, quote-unquote, stored on wheels, as I call it. They just had it on truck. It was on trucks. It was on, uh, you know, train cars. It was on barges. It was on whatever. It, it was basically in motion, and that was our inventory that's in motion. Or the fact that you're making the stuff in China, Vietnam, Bangladesh, or wherever, and the fact that you put it on a slow boat from China to the United States, and it takes a month to get there, that's your inventory. That's your inventory. The problem is when, when things got messed up with COVID, the inventory that was in motion was no longer in motion. And that, that, my friends, became a problem. Uh, I think, too, that there was assumption made that everybody would cut back. Everybody's just going to hunker down. Everybody's not going to do anything. And I think a lot of the wealthy, what they spend their money on, 
they may be hunkered down and cut back on the buy-in, but I, I think a lot of um, uh, middle-income to lower-income people, they got the stimulus money, and they went out and prepped with it. They went out and spent money. I, I knew a person that, would, that worked at Sam's Club, uh, and when the pandemic hit, talked about you'd have uh, like a family show up with several pickup trucks. And they'd buy one, two, three freezers, and then they would fill a couple more pickup trucks with frozen food, whatever, to put in those freezers. And, I mean, they'd drive off, and so they want the freezers real quick. They want all the stuff to go into the freezers, and they, they quote-unquote, prepped her out. They, they, were, they were ready for it. And I asked her now, I said, though, but, but why... Why, you know, do we not see a surplus of stuff because they stocked up? And she goes, oh, no, no, no. Because they take stuff out that they're keeping, quote, unquote, the freezer full because they don't want to be caught in a situation where you have another COVID deal and you can't go to the store and get things. So as they use things, they're still buying the things. So the just-in-time is still there, but we've never been able to catch up from the one-time stock-up inventory. Now, some of this inventory, quote-unquote, that's in these homes and houses and stuff is going to go bad and everything else. You know, we know that. But in a lot of cases, maybe it's the end consumers that's doing the inventory that probably the company should have had anyway. You know, having, having 15 days on, on hand maybe wasn't enough. Having 30 days on hand is maybe more like it, maybe 45, maybe 60. But... Inventory costs money too. You know, if if you got a billion dollars worth of goods floating across the ocean, and then you have another billion dollars of goods sitting in warehouses somewhere as quote unquote backup inventory, you just doubled your inventory costs. And I can tell you the bean counters look at things like that and they go down the road and that's how thin they cut some of this because they want to keep that profit margin as as high as they they want. But I think it's interesting too. We got a lot of stimulus money with maybe nothing to buy. Um, you know, now some people are not stocking up, but I think more people than not are keeping better closer track of what's going on and they're doing. But what does this mean for farmers? Okay. Go out and try to find a pickup truck. If you got to replace a pickup truck right now, I mean, you know, you, you have a wreck, you have a fire, you have one, you know, whatever. Uh, you, you expand, you get another hired man, you need another truck. I mean, what, whatever it is, they are extremely hard to fi- find right now. Go try and find a tractor. I went past a, a pretty good-sized John Deere dealership yesterday. Um, Judy and I driving, uh, coming back from church. And they, they, they got like a utility tractor, one utility tractor out. They got a bunch of combines in line, but they got one utility tractor there, and that's it. And generally, they'd have four, five, six tractors sitting in the line out front. And, and now, whether they're just in the back and they're concentrating on combines, I don't know. But there was room up there to throw some out, out front, quote-unquote. Combines, you know, when you hear a major manufacturer saying we can't get chips, and if you got a new combine ordered from us, don't look for that combine to show up. You're, well, one that's going to increase the demand for parts because people are going to take their old ones and instead of trading them, they're going to fix them up. 
Whereas before, yeah, they were traded in and they needed to get fixed steps before they could resell them or they resold them and fixed them. But I think it's it's going to be different. And the fact that if nothing because of the chip shortage and everything, every shortage that's going on, remember we're in the shortage of everything right now. Uh, you know, if we miss a whole production year of, of machinery, that's that whole production year taken out of quote-unquote inventory for the next 20, 25, 30 years. Because there there are low there there are there are there are lower value bargain buyers like me that do not have a problem buying a 20 or 30 year old tractor if it's in good shape and well taken care of and doesn't have a god awful excessive amount of hours on it. I'm I'm not opposed to to buying something like that. And I know other people that are like me that are like that. But you just took this year's inventory supply out quote unquote for a long 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 time commodities it appears to me and and maybe that was part of this break here in may i mean you know all the you know well we had better weather we had the wasdi report we had everything it looks like china's trying to crack down on speculation and commodities it looks like china's trying to to calm price increases down uh, you know i i wonder if that's maybe not a what I call the Richard Nixon attempt in the 1970s, you know, the, the wind buttons whip inflation now, uh, you know, they, they price controls, all that kind of stuff, which ended up really just boomeranging and making things go up higher. You know, I'm hearing some experts not saying whether this is true or not, but people that are saying, hey, oil's going to 80 bucks. Well, there goes cheap fuel, cheap fertilizer, everything else down the drain. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna help the corn market with the ethanol production, but once again, we got to get the ethanol plants fired up. We got to get a, quote unquote away from COVID. We got to get help hired, um, and we got we got to have tanker trucks to transport the ethanol and everything. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a complicated process here, you know. And and the transportation deal, we need the transportation for our exports. You know, we could find ourselves, quote-unquote, in the grain market somewhat like you do in the, the cattle market right now. The end users could be wanting a lot of our product and be paying high prices, but because of the inability of possibly transporting it from point A to point B, the farm gate price will be extremely low. Or maybe not extremely low, but low in relationship to where the end user price is. Well, hey, that's great, wonderful stuff to look forward to. Will, will it get solved? Yeah. High prices always cure high prices. If there's enough, if there's enough incentive there, things, things will flow in a certain direction. You know, things will be purchased in one spot and moved to another spot if there's enough money to be made to move it around. Uh, and, and production will happen. Production will take case. Uh, of course, in agriculture, we have the one other little wild card called weather, that can affect things and move things around. But, yeah, just I think we need to be prepared for the everything shortage. Just the everything shortage. And, and I think that maybe, and, and I hate to say, quote, unquote, go out and stock up because then that just makes the everything shortage that much more. You know, if, if you need one bolt, you buy two. Uh, if you need, you know, but... Uh, you know, of course, that's that's kind of that's kind of been my philosophy on my Kinsey planner. 
and not saying everything I could fix, but there's a whole lot of stuff on our Kinsey planner. Uh, I got a whole machine shed full of, full of, a whole machine shed full of parts that I could just about rebuild that thing right now. And maybe that's what I'll do. Well, hey, with that, to the smartest audience in agriculture, appreciate everything. Uh, we'll be talking to you tomorrow.